Are you looking to extend your faith in God? You're in the right place. This is a biblical and practical approach to God's words. Welcome to Be the Gospel with your host, Anthony T. Jarena. Hello, this is Anthony with Be the Gospel, day seven of Heal the Sick with T.L. Osborne. We are in chapter seven, anointing with oil. Now, it sounds interesting. Um, we're going to get into this. There's some things that I dug out that I think it's very important for you to understand and to look at and even to consider, right? Because some things you can't really get into because it doesn't actually say. So let's look at the very beginning. James tells us in chapter 5 and verse 14 of his epistle, Is any among you sick? Call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over the sick, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. And that's James 5.14. This is unmistakably clear. This is an unmistakably clear promise of healing for the sick. From Mark 6, 13, we learn that the disciples did this, for it says, They cast out many devils, anointing them with oil, uh, many that were anointing with oil, many that were sick, and healed them. So, one thing that is not clear is what kind of oil, right? So, obviously, that's not important. The, the other thing is, when we look at the Old Testament, we can see that the Holy Spirit is always symbolized by oil, anointing with oil. Right, that they covered the beard, and when they anointed Aaron, that it flowed from his head down his beard. Right, so it gives you the picture of everything that's going on when they actually anointed with oil. In Mark six thirteen, the Greek word there actually is associated with massage. That they didn't just put oil on the person that they massaged it in. Okay, so if we're gonna be legalistic about this, then we have to say, hey, this is a massage. Plain and simple, right? So what is the real focus? What is the real thing that is being called into attention here? So when we look at James, we can see that the church was very infantile. They're very uh, fleshly and, and carnal, and they were forsaking walking with God and going back to the world. And so they were having things um, that were brought before them. They saw it with their eyes. They didn't see it with, through the spirit. They were... They're viewing things through the flesh instead of the spirit. And as a result, they needed something to identify what is going on. So naturally, from precedent, from the Old Testament, they used oil. Oil is a representative of the Holy Spirit in the name of the Lord, in the name of Jesus, you know, being poured over someone or, or they're anointed with. Right. So when they did anointing in the Old Testament, they always poured it on. It wasn't just, oh, I'm going to smudge a little bit on your head, you know, and, and that means you're anointed with oil. No, they would soak them full of oil. And I'm not saying you need to soak somebody full of oil. OK, so one thing we never see is Jesus anointing people with oil. So you can't get locked into a method. OK, so it never says, oh, Jesus says, wait a second, let me get some olive oil or let me get some frankincense oil or let me get some essential oil. Right. It doesn't say that anywhere in Scripture. So that would be arguing from a place of silence, saying, well, he must have done it um, because it's not written anywhere. And that's a fallacy argument, arguing from a place of silence. OK, so what is the point here? The point is 
that for 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 believers that are carnal, they need to see something physical. And this is exactly what's being pointed out, that they're seeing the representation of the Holy Spirit in the oil itself, and that the oil represents the Holy Spirit, and he's the one who comes in and pushes away all sickness. And like I shared with you with the church where um, God had me teach on the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and every single person was healed. It was about 95% of the church. And the other percentage of the church, they had depression. They had other things that were not physical, but they were mental or weighing on their, their hearts. And God just took care of it and healed them and took care of them. It was simply amazing. Simply amazing, right? So can't put God in a box. So I have oil. I don't have oil. You know, especially outside the church. You know, you say, wait a second, let me get my oil. And they're like, oh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm not signed into this anymore. And they're not afforded anymore. And they walk away, especially in the Western world. And because that just kind of freaks them out. They, they get a little scared and skittish about it. So don't worry about if you have oil, you don't have oil. The main thing is that you obey God and realize that the Spirit of God is in you. And as you lay hands, the Spirit of God flows from you into the person and heals them from all sickness. Plain and simple. So affliction dis defined. Just Preceding this promise to the sick, James mentions the afflicted. This has caused much speculation as to what form of sickness may be termed as affliction. According to the Strong's Concordance, this word translated affliction has no reference whatsoever to physical disability. Webster tells us that in a common use, the word affliction has a meaning of physical ailment. But that is not true of the Greek word, which is used for affliction which it was translated from, right? It is the word which means trouble, persecution, hardship, tribulation. Those enduring persecution or some kind of other trouble or hardship should never call for the elders except the elders to pray their troubles and tribulations away. Instead, James says, is any afflicted, let the afflicted one pray, right? So it's saying, if you're the one being persecuted, if you're the one going through hardship, you pray to God and he answers you. So bold declaration. Notice what James asks. Is any, remember we're talking about absolutes, any sick among you? So that applies to everyone. That does not infer that healing is for only a few favored ones, right? It's not your day or and not the other person's day that you're more favored today than the other person. No, that's baloney, right? It, what it's saying is that it refers to everyone. He is bold to declare the promise of healing to any sick, any of the people that are sick. Every person who is sick has a Bible right to call for the elders of the church and to be healed. And if necessary, to be saved at the same time. That should make you rejoice, especially if you have been taught that healing is just for the lucky ones or just those whom God happens to want to heal. Right? And that's exactly what we're talking about. So something else here is we look at the word elders. Elders means someone who's senior in it. Okay? It has nothing to do with age. It has more to do with the experiential knowledge of something. So when you go back and you actually look up the word elder, you're going to find that it actually means senior. So somebody who's, a, it doesn't matter their age. They can be 20. They can be 18. They can be six, eight years old. But they're more experienced in healing than other people. And this is the thing is the elders of the church should be walking this out and living this out. And you should see this in their life, right? Because they are living it. So anyone who comes to the church, they can pray in the prayer of trust and see the person healed instantly. And that's 
before all to see, to see, look, even the elders operate in healing the sick 100% of the time. This is what it's referring to, is what it's saying, it's what it's implicitly saying, right? So it's very important that we look at what scripture says instead of, oh, what I want it to be or how I want to view it and give my opinion of it. No, no, no. Look what exactly what it says. Healing is for you. You have a right to health in your body as well as to health in your soul because James says in chapter 5, verse 15, the prayer of trust shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise them up. Remember, I, I talk about save. It also means to make whole. So it could also mean to heal. So to to make whole the sick, to heal the sick, and the Lord shall raise them up. And if they have any, if they have committed sin, they will be forgiven. Verse 16, confess your faults one to another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. James then adds the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous avails much. This is a clear promise and easy to understand. By acting upon these words, millions have been healed down through the ages and millions are more are healed in this century. Notice in, in verse 15, James says, The prayer of trust shall save the sick, shall heal the sick, shall make the sick whole. The prayer of trust is the only prayer that will be effective in obtaining healing for the sick. And I even take it a step further. Let's look at Mark chapter 16. It says, lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Believers will lay their hands on the sick and they recover. It doesn't say pray. Right? It says they lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So isn't that interesting? So here you have two different methods. And they don't necessarily, they don't contradict each other. Basically, it's just showing two different ways you can see people healed. Sometimes I pray and the people are healed. Sometimes God tells me don't say anything at all. And I just put my hand on the person and they get healed. Right. And so it's very important to realize it's not you. It's not by what you pray or how you pray. It's simply Jesus in you and he's flowing through you. And sometimes he might use words and other times it's just the touch. As you're laying hands, he flows from you and he touches the other person and, and heals the person. Plain and simple. The prayer of trust. How could one pray the prayer of trust while entertaining the thought? Maybe it is God's will to take this person home by means of this disease. Or maybe God is working out something precious in this life by means of this sickness. And perhaps I should encourage them to patiently endure it. And so learn the lesson that God is teach, seeking to teach. One could never do so. No, no one could ever pray a prayer of trust thinking these things in their mind. This is the attitude in which Many prayers for the sick are prayed, right? They don't know what God's will because they haven't spent time in his word to see his character and his nature to determine exactly what God's will is. You know his will by his word. He's telling us plainly. He's not teaching some hidden message. It's plain. It's open. It's out in the open for all to see if you're willing to look, right? So let's continue. Is it any wonder that so many fail to receive healing when prayed for? Many times. Many times. Well, Brother Anthony, how come when you pray something happens, but when I prayed, nothing happens? And many people prayed for this person. There was hundreds, if not thousands of people praying for this person. But you come and you just lay hands and you pray a simple prayer and they're instantly healed. How is this possible? And so the answer is very simple. It's just, it's my confidence isn't in myself. It's not even in my prayer. It's in Jesus Christ and in knowing what he's done and knowing the will of God that allows me to operate in such confidence and boldness 
and, and even boasting in Jesus, not even in myself, in Jesus. And this is what makes all the difference. Paul says, Christ is the savior of the body. He also says the body is for the Lord and the Lord for the body. Then he asks, do you not know that your bodies are the members of Christ? And again, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? Then he adds, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. It, you completely belong to God. You're not your own. This is important to, 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 to really think about, meditate on. The body is for the Lord. It is not for ourselves or anyone else, especially Satan. It was not created for sickness or and disease. If Christ has become savior of the body, and the body is for the Lord, then we need not tolerate sickness and disease in it. We need not have sickness in the body any more than sin in the spirit. Sickness is sin to the body. Sin is sickness to the spirit. Realize your full deliverance. Take your liberty. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. Settle it forever. It is God's will for you to be well. Claim the promise, then act upon his word. Arise out of your doubts and fears to find health springing forth speedily. Remember, James asked, is any sick among you? Is it true that any sick person may call for the, the elders to pray the prayer of trust for them? And yes, this is true. It is true, right? It's not, is it true? It is true. Anyone who's sick can call for the elders and they'll pray the prayer of trust for them and they'll be healed. The prayer of trust cannot and never will be prayed while the elders are wondering if it's God's will for, for him to heal this person, to heal that person. You can't play, pray with absolute trust that God is going to do something if you aren't fully convinced yourself. Do you see this? This is what we're getting at is you have to be fully convinced. And how do you get fully convinced? By his word, his word plainly says, says it. And because it says it, then therefore it is true. 100% true because God is not a liar. So since he's not a liar, then what he's saying is 100% true all the time. At any moment, at any place, you can lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Plain and simple. Even right now, while you're laying there listening to this or sitting down and you're feeling pain in your body or sickness in the body, you can grab your hands and put your hands on yourself and say right now in Jesus name, Father, I trust you that you are my healer. Therefore, any sickness in this body has to go 100% in Jesus name. No sickness ever touched Jesus. No sickness can touch me. I am in his body. He is in me. Therefore, nothing can touch me just like Satan could not touch Jesus. Amen. See, it's a simple, straight to the point prayer. This is how I pray for myself. This is how I overcome anything that tries to attach itself to me. Is just saying, hey, you have no right to touch me. I belong fully to Jesus. I belong fully to my Lord and Savior. And my body, my spirit, my actions, my lifestyle, my soul, it, it completely his and no one else's. So James says, ask and trust, not, nothing wavering, not wavering. For the one that wavers is like the wave of the sea driven forth with the wind and tossed to and fro, right? Let not the person think that they shall receive anything from the Lord. 
So here again, he's saying, be fully convinced that what God says he absolutely means. Don't back off of it. I don't care what the situation is doing. I don't care that your body's in pain and it's crying out and it's trying to tell you that God's word is a liar or a situation's trying to say God's word is a liar or that God is a liar because that's essentially what it's trying to say. And you say, no, I refuse this. This has to back up. This has to leave. It has to go. If somebody in your family's sick or, or somebody you know is sick, all you simply say is no. I refuse to give you a right to stay. You have to go in Jesus name. Jesus paid for it. He paid for it in full. He didn't pay for a half. He didn't pay for 90%. He's the God of the full cup, right? He paid for a hundred percent. So let him receive the reward of the hundred percent, which is a complete whole healing in his name. And it's that simple guys. So if you need prayer right now. I'm going to pray for you and bless you. And I hope this is continuing to, to, to encourage you. Um, next, tomorrow, <laughs> next chapter, we're going to be talking about laying on the hands. And it's going to take some time. I might have to break it up into two days just because there's a lot to cover. There's a lot of ground to talk about concerning laying on of hands and even the misconceptions and, and, and dealing with those misconceptions concerning laying on of hands. So we'll get into that. But let me pray for you and you have a wonderful day, okay? So right now in Jesus' name, all sickness, all disease, you go 100%. You be completely healed in whole body. You you be completely healed in whole soul. All, all sin, you go now in the name of Jesus. And Father, I thank you for complete wholeness and healing in Jesus' name. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Be The Gospel with your host, Anthony T. Jarina. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit BeTheGospel.com and on Facebook at BeTheGospelToday. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review and subscribe, and we'll catch you next time on Be The Gospel.